Let us pray. Heavenly Father, you promised that you would write your covenant on our hearts, that you would instill in us the ability to love and to show mercy and to become more and more like you. And so this day, we claim that and we ask that you would continue your transformative work in us. And it's in your son's name we ask. Amen. Please be seated. So this amazing team that acted out the gospel today, um, this gospel lesson is one of my very, very favorite. I had to act it out in seminary, had to memorize the whole thing. And so I feel like it's actually alive in me. And I can even imagine Jesus telling this story, you know, with a sparkle in his eye as he and his disciples are making that, that final bend towards Jerusalem. I, I guess this parable helps me to get to know Jesus, the man, his personality, how Jesus was not just a wisdom master, but he was also a true friend and companion who used humor to delight and surprise his disciples into understanding sometimes. You know, he's the one, he's that friend who sees further on and yet walks slow so that everyone else might glimpse and trust in the coming of God's kingdom. In this teaching encounter, Jesus does us a great favor for once, right up front, he offers a summary of what this story aims to teach us, saying that we must pray always and never lose heart. Then he launches into this cartoon-like story, saying there once was a judge, an unjust judge who neither feared God nor cared about people. And in that same city, there was a widow a pesky, persistent widow who kept pounding the judge for justice. And everywhere the judge went, the widow found him and pleaded her case. Interestingly, this widow, she defied all the stereotypes of her day. She was not powerless or passive. No, this particular widow was so certain of God's justice that she demanded help willing to make a scene if necessary. With courage and faith, she used this weapon of dogged persistence to subvert the power differential. So now when I think about persistent prayer, that keep on at it prayer, the first image that pops into my mind is from this past summer while we were in Scotland. You know, Donna and I got to visit Pluskerton Abbey while we were in the Highlands. And um, if you're ever near Inverness, <clears throat> I, would, I would definitely invite you to go and find this medieval Benedictine Abbey that still functions the way it did in the 13th century, where monks whose lives are centered on prayer and entrusting God Every day for five hours, they gather to pray the nine daily offices starting at 4.30 in the morning. I mean, literally, these men in white robes pray all the time, even when they're gardening. 
And so as we walked around getting a sense of the beauty, the lawns, the history, the peace, and the real sacredness of that place, I was thrilled when one of the monks stopped and greeted us. And he was kind and even funny. And I was also so grateful that Donna, she snuck a picture. Um, you know, oftentimes you never capture holy moments in a photo, but she got it. And so during our conversation, I discovered that this monk had been there for 50 years. 50 years. And the cost of such a life began to dawn on me. And I let him know that I recognized the implications of what he and they, with their dedication of a life, meant that was completely devoted to prayer for us. So he responded with humor, saying, yeah, the pay is crummy, but the rewards, they're out of this world. <laughs> and so we laughed, and with some more seriousness, he shared, it would be impossible to stick with it if it weren't a vocation. And so I shared with him that I was so excited to be there because I listened to the bells of Pluskaden Abbey every morning as I walked my dog and listened to that app, Pray As You Go, because it starts always with the ding, 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 ding of, these, of this abbey. I didn't know it was in Scotland. And then he said, and, those, and then I told him that those bells had led me to Google and find out that this community had had recorded Gregorian chants, and that I had three of those CDs on my phone right here. And so he sort of perked up, and he seemed pleased about that, and he said, oh, you have two more to go. We've recorded five. <laughs> Persistent, believing beyond the physical evidence type prayer. This is the prayer of our grandmothers the ones who stayed up late, lifting up to God the lives of their beloved in love. Every day, I would venture to say, you and I are asked by people with real needs to pray for them and or their family. And this is holy work. And it requires real intentionality on our part to keep all those prayer requests sort of collected. And then we have to offer our time to really pray regularly, lifting up their needs to the God of all mercies. But this seems to be the work, the vocation that Jesus invites us to take on, to believe in God's coming and just kingdom as we pray and pray and never lose heart. And yet, the more we allow this parable to work on us, we might find that it actually demands more of us than just prayer. That we might be called to be agents of justice also. Oh yes, Jesus is willing to stretch us in all sorts of ways that we might be transformed by this life into God's own image and into our truest selves. In our day, Various scholars have called this parable both titles, saying it's the parable of the persistent widow, and some people call it the parable of the unjust judge. 
But I think it's fair to say that when we hear this story, most of us want to align ourselves with the widow. Because, I mean, the judge is a jerk, right? Refusing to do his job of listening to and supporting the rights of marginalized people in an unfair world. And yet, the more I allow this parable to work on me, I see that Jesus is a bit devious in his storytelling. He's like the fisherman, luring us in. We take that easy bait that we're supposed to pray, and then he's got us. We see it, yes, the widow represents her needs and our needs and the needs of the world when the system is, is rigged or life is unfair. That we, like the righteous, persistent, untirable widow, are by vocation to keep on praying for fairness, never giving up hope, keeping on, keeping on for justice and not just for ourselves. And Jesus makes it clear that God is not at all like the unjust, delinquent, lazy judge. But rather, God quickly hears our cries for justice, reassuring us that if even an unjust judge eventually relents and allows justice, how much more? How much more is our good God willing and able to work out justice for his beloved? So we take heart. But there's another dimension to this story. We may initially view ourselves as aligned with the widow who desires justice, like our own cry for justice when my insurance doesn't cover a medical procedure that the doctor says I absolutely need. But if we're honest, don't we also recognize in ourselves the way that we sometimes stand stubbornly with the judge? Haven't we also aligned ourselves with people who have no ear, no time, no concern for the cries of the poor, the neglected, the homeless, the uninsured, the refugee? Who of us hasn't lumped people into categories, hardening our hearts to their plight, unwilling to even listen to those who complain that they don't get any support from their landlord in their low-income housing. Week after week, month after month, those people persist, demanding relief from their landlords who refuse to repair the leaking pipes, which is causing mold and giving them unsafe drinking water. You know, we are funny. When it's far off, when it's people in Ukraine who cry for justice against a Russian dictator who bombs civilian schools and hospitals and apartment buildings, we appropriately grieve with them. We pray for them. We even send money. We even put sunflowers here in front of our altar. And yet, when the cry for justice is near, we are often irritated by the persistent pounding of the Me Too movement or the Black Lives Matter. And if we're honest with ourselves, 
about the sex trafficking that is rampant in our county. Many of us stand with our backs turned or figuratively arms crossed because sex trafficking has nothing to do with my life. I mean, I don't even know much about it. These women, they must be bad, immoral. Like the unjust judge, our empathy is blocked. Most of us are not even curious enough to find out how these vulnerables among us are gathered up and exploited for the wealth of some really bad characters. Yet, like God, if we opened ourselves to understand the root causes of this crisis, of what happens to people who lack certain safety social nets, how the lives of young trafficked people become so desperate, then, like God, our hearts would be moved, broken even. And once again, we would become aligned with the widow, crying for justice for and with them. Oh, that tricky Jesus in his storytelling. On the way, as that group nears the cross, Jesus promises his disciples that God's just kingdom will come. It will happen. Hang in there. God will act to restore fairness on this earth. And yet, in the meantime, we have a role to play. We have a role to play in his coming kingdom as change agents. First, in our persistent prayers and in our compassion, doggedly determined to resist discouragement, to resist even in setbacks, that no matter what, we try and keep hope alive. And there's also his invitation that we open our hearts to the other, to that person who doesn't look like us. As we see ourselves becoming aligned with the cartoon character of the judge, we are invited to our own contrition and conversion of life. We must not become the very evil we hate. As followers of Jesus, we don't have the luxury of neither fearing God nor caring about people. We are not an island unto ourselves, but we are part of a community. And we must grow this capacity for curiosity, learning from the hurting before we judge them. And thank God, Jesus does not judge us. Rather, he loves us exactly where we are and always invites us to grow. And so, yes, we align ourselves with the persistent widow, with the persistent prayers of those monks who tell us to pray always and never lose heart. Amen.